0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Women in Archaeology Podcast, Episode 2. Today we are discussing why we created the Women in Archaeology Podcast, what we are hoping to achieve with it, and what you can expect from future episodes. We also hope to explain why it's important for this podcast to cover more than just women's issues, but also issues in archaeology as a field, as a whole, from the perspective of women who participate and work in that field. Today's panel consists of Chelsea Slotin, Kristen Bastis, and Sarah
0: Head. Everybody, welcome to the Women in Archaeology podcast. Before we jump into our topic, do my other presenters want to introduce themselves? Yeah, uh, I'm Sarah. You guys know me
1: from the Archie Fantasies podcast,
2: and I'm Kristen Bastis.
0: Great, really happy to be talking to you again. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about what this podcast is, why it was started, and what we're trying to accomplish with it. So, for clarification, we are the Women in Archaeology podcast. We are all women, and we are all archaeologists. That being said, we won't always be talking about women-specific issues. There will be times that we do, but there will also be times when we talk about more general archaeology, what is going on in archaeology, potential future careers, interesting things we find, things that you might expect to, to find on a more general archaeology channel. So in this issue, we're going to be discussing the fact that that's okay, and why we think it's important that this is not just a space to talk about women's issues in archaeology, but also to talk about archaeology kind of on a broader scale. So, Sarah, do you kinda of wanna start us off maybe? Yes, I think you encompass that very nicely.
1: This we should have done this show earlier. Explaining to people what the show was about was probably the best idea, but we really wanted to talk about some current events that were going on at the time, which is why we started off with the topics that we did. That being said, in Better Late Than Never, even though the show says, let me put it this way, we have plenty of resources of the male perspective of archaeology. Whether they are knowingly saying, rah, 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 I'm a man and this is my idea of archaeology. Most of them are not, and that's kind of the point the default setting has always been men and the fact that we have an all women show and all of the women are archaeologists and we talk about archaeology that's the point of the show you're getting a perspective on archaeology that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else simply because we are women talking about the field we have our own personal experiences. We have our own ways of going about our research. We have our own challenges that we have to overcome. And these experiences are shared across the gender inside of the field. That said, we don't need to have every episode deal with, you know, my uterus in the field. It's enough that we are women And we are talking about archaeology.
2: I agree with that. I think that just by the fact that we are women who are talking about archaeology, the perspective might be a little bit different than men who talk about archaeology. And I agree that it doesn't have to always be, you know, this topic in light of us being women and clearly stated like that. Our perspective will be a little bit different just because we are women the general audience, both men and women who listen to this show, will get valuable information about the field in general and may pick up or not pick up any differences in the subject or the way we talk about things from other podcasts. And that will be something interesting to see as time goes on. No, I think you're right.
1: I think it will be very interesting to see how other people interpret the show, mainly because... It's interesting to me to see how people interact with what is essentially feminist media. Whether you like the word or not, this is technically a feminist show because we are focusing on the female aspect of archeology, span be that us, how we do things, the artifacts and stuff that we find in the field, our interpretations of different things that are occurring in the regular cycle, but it is inherently a feminist show, but we are not, you know, trying to browbeat people with the concepts of feminism, mainly because I don't really think this is the, the place for that to really happen, but it will be interesting to see how the common listener will interpret that? Will we get a lot of people who don't notice the difference between a panel full of women discussing archaeology and a panel full of men discussing archaeology or will we get people who will see a very stark difference because I personally don't think there's a huge difference but there is enough of a difference that it is valuable to have this show.
2: I agree with the value of having this show and having a show with women who are speaking about their field. It gives other women the very clear notion that there are women out there doing archaeology, all different kinds of positions in archaeology, and that they see themselves in people who are in various points uh, in their career. The one thing that I am a little worried about is that someone will see Women in Archaeology podcast and not listen to it because they think it's going to be something feminist driving, you know, women's issues down their throats. And so, I hope that people maintain an open mind and give it a try.
0: And I think that that actually kind of highlights the importance of having a show that isn't just about women's issues. And it also goes to kind of the heart of some of the the questions or comments that were made about some of the first postings is that people do kind of assume that if you've got a title that's women in whatever, that it's going to be a very feminist-driven I, source.
1: I think it's very one-sided and there's more sides to this than just women's issues.
0: Right. But if if we're looking at a show about women and people are assuming that it has to be about women's issues, that shows that that's not currently considered the norm. Right. And, I mean, Sarah, you and I were talking about this a little bit a couple days ago, but if you look at some other archaeology podcasts that exist, they're mostly run by men, have male guests. And that's not because females aren't being invited. They may or may not participate for you know whatever reason, but the perception of archaeology is still much more as a masculine field. Right. So its I think it's important to normalize the participation of women in a way that is not driven by uh, feminist theory. Yeah, we did talk about this the other day. And
1: it's true. It's not a fault of the podcast community, uh, those, the people producing the podcast. It's not their fault that there are not more women participating. Because I, I know for a fact that women have been invited to participate. It's just... It's kind of the nature of the beast. And we talked about a couple reasons why women may not feel comfortable or qualified to be on shows like that. Personally, I think women are busy. Uh, and that right there prevents a lot of participation. That's not saying our, our male counterparts are not also busy. It's just when women get busy, they tend to prioritize in a way that will prevent them from participating in extracurricular activities. The other major reason I feel that there are not more women participating in things like blogs and podcasts and that kind of stuff is because of the imposter syndrome. I don't care how qualified you are, how long you've been in the field, the imposter, the effect of the imposter syndrome is crippling if you get hit with it. And when you get to a medium that's very, very public, like a blog or like a podcast, where you're potentially speaking to hundreds, maybe thousands of people who could at any point talk back to you, you know, nothing stops people from sending us emails. It's women at archaeology at gmail.com. But, you know, we can get emails about that, and there will be people who do not agree with us and who will call us stupid and who will attack us. And I understand that. I'm okay with that, but is the average female archaeologist okay with that?
0: Right. If you are already fighting a little bit of an uphill battle, exactly. Why bring more attention to yourself, or why make your path harder than it needs to be?
2: Right. Yeah. The other thing, I'll I'll will admit this because I wasn't on the first podcast because <laughs> because I was scared. I mean, I didn't I didn't know what it was, what it would involve. Like, I didn't know why anyone would like, care what I thought. Because you're I, fabulous. That's why. <laughs>
1: but then, no, Kristen, continue, because so, this is exactly my point.
2: Right. So I, I wasn't worried at all about getting horrible emails. Oh, my God. <laughs> A new thing to worry about. No, I, I know that, you know, other women in other fields have really, um, especially journalists and, and bloggers.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. Really,
2: really taken some horrible um, treatment at the hands of trolls and and things like that. I don't, I don't moderate the, the Gmail account for this. So I guess I wasn't too worried about that or even really acknowledging that aspect of the podcast. But yeah, it was a little like, oh, they, they don't really Want me? I don't have anything to say, really. But I've really been enjoying it. And I would say anyone who's listening that wants to participate in a podcast—if you're a women woman in archaeology, you know, join this one. If you're not, then join another one. Or even if you are a woman, you could join another one. But we'd love to have you, and you do have value to contribute, and yeah, I I think this is great, and I'm having fun, so. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it's a positive experience for you, I really
1: am, and yeah, I mean, this podcast is open to any woman in archaeology uh, working in any aspect of the field of archaeology. You don't have to be a digger, and you don't have to be an academic. There's we're actually going to have a show talking about the, the vast majority of the variety of things that you can do in the field of archaeology, but definitely, you know, send us an email and let us know you want to join or hit us up on the Facebook group. And if you don't want to be in a women-only program, I know Chris is constantly looking for co-hosts for the different podcasts, so you can always just hit Chris up and see what he's got an opening for. But yeah, it's that, that imposter syndrome can keep people from participating in things and I mean, I know that I know women get hit with it harder than men do. I've seen the studies. I, I've seen the research on it. So I'm very comfortable saying women suffer from imposter syndrome more than men do. And because of that, you will see less women participating in open forums like this.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that, especially when you do have to make time for it. It's so it's so easy to not even acknowledge why you're really not participating Mm-hmm. You say, "Oh, I'm too busy to participate," or "I do X or Y or whatever it is." And if you really examine, it might just be that you're a little unsure of the process or what happens, or and be a little afraid of the unknown, and that's fine. But um, we're all super nice here, so so far, anyway. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> And for those people who are worried about timing, because as both of you has mentioned, we are busy, you know, and women do prioritize. We have had some people jump in and out of recordings in the past and plan to in the future and having different co-hosts. And just because you want to be on one show to talk about one thing does not mean you have to make this a long term commitment. That's what we have hosts for. And this takes an mm, hour and a half, guys, usually. Yeah. so you know please do let us know if you're interested in talking with us
1: <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't take a lot of time out of the day when, once you really get into it and like kristen was saying it's, it's a lot of fun so this is how i socialize so this is kind of <laughs> i look forward to this um but we do have a core group uh chelsea and kristen are both part of it uh kirsten who could not join us today is the third member of that core group and then everybody else including myself just kind of rotates in and out as we go i mean I've got another podcast that I do and we've decided to go weekly, so now I'm, I'm doing a show every week and it's, it's crazy. So I understand if people think they're busy or if you see a topic pop up and you're like, oh, I want to talk about that topic and that's the only podcast you ever, that's the only episode you ever want to be on, that's fine you can be on one episode and then never be on the show again and that's that's perfectly fine
2: yeah and we're we're good at you know if you if you say you can only do one then that's fine and we don't bug you ceaselessly to to participate again so we're you know very low-key that way
0: well it's cool to talk to to different people i mean i know Sarah, you and I are both kind of in a similar geographic location, but we have people in eastern time zone, you know, Pacific time zone, central time zone. So it's interesting to see what's going on in archaeology in different parts of, you know, the U.S. and different states, how it's the same. It's a good way to stay connected. It is.
1: And archaeology is, for anybody who has worked both on the East Coast and the West Coast, archaeology is done very differently depending on what coast you're on. The Midwest is a bit of a hodgepodge. We do more digging really than walking, but there's a fair amount of walking. But yeah, so it's, it's interesting to see how other, and of course that's all from a CRM perspective, I apologize for that, but it's interesting to see how it's done. I'm sure... The way academics handle it on the East Coast is probably different than how they handle it on the West Coast. Um, If we could ever get people from other countries to call in and participate in the show, I know we've got a couple people who really want to. It's fun and interesting to learn how other things are done around the world and around the country because it can help you improve as an archaeologist by incorporating some of those ideas like, Mm -hmm. but you don't know if you don't talk to somebody. communication is key (laughs) and we can't all make it to the saa so all right let's go to a break real quick and when we come back uh let's just let's tear into this concept of this being a feminist show sounds great
3: The CRM Archaeology Podcast brings together a panel of cultural resource management professionals to discuss the issues that really matter to the profession. Find out about networking strategies, job hunting, graduate programs, and much more. We'll often feature interviews with college professors, CRM business owners, and experts as well. Check out the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash CRM arc podcast. Let's get back to the show.
1: And we are back, and we are going to get into the meat of this. So, what makes our show unique?
0: Well, so I think we we touched on this briefly before, but there are definitely aspects of archaeology that you consider differently if you are a different gender. So, one of the things that when you are looking at feminism, you know, you get first, second, and, and third ways feminism, some of which is just when it's applied to archaeology, locating women in the archaeological record. So you're not just talking about male politics and uh, male violence, which a lot of early archaeology, and I'm talking, you know, 150 years ago, was all about male politics and male violence. Well, you know, but up into the 70s, it was like that, though.
1: It wasn't until the women's rights movement in the 70s that archaeology really started acknowledging the fact that You can't just say, oh, that's a women's thing and then totally forget about it in the archaeological record. Or just assume that you find something and, you know, like a mirror. You found a mirror. Mm -hmm. Well, it must be a woman's object. Well, there's no evidence to support that, though.
0: Exactly. But when you do have a a field that is primarily undertaken by well-to-do white males, which, again, you know, earlier on and even to some more recent 70s time, that was kind of primarily who was engaged in archaeology, they see the perpetual, perspectives that they see in their own life, which everyone does. You know, it's not a male thing. It's not a female thing. It's a human thing. But if you only have people who come from one particular background with a particular subset of experiences, that's what they're going to see and remark upon in the archeological record. So it's important to have diverse people and not just men and women, but people of different cultural affiliations, people different ages, because everyone is going to get something different from a different from a a set of evidence um, or material. And it's important for people to realize that as much as we can learn about the past through archaeology, there is a lot that we also can't learn. And I think it's really important to keep the doors to all of the possibilities open. And that is one thing that women coming from a different cultural, you know, background, different personal backgrounds can help to make sure that some of those possibilities are recognized.
1: Exactly. And this kind of feeds back to the report that we were talking uh, that we have talked about on an earlier recorded episode that was recently released where it was showing the breakdown of the field of archaeology by gender and by wage and by education and all that the the field of archaeology is still very insular and very monocultured even after all these years especially when you start getting up into the higher levels of archaeology Uh, And especially with the age groups, the older the archaeologist is, the more likely they are to be a man. Um, And you do you by not having enough women with you or around you or people of the different cultural background or ethnicity, even you're losing the ability to interpret a site, an artifact, a historical record. You're losing that ability because you don't have the perspectives that you need in order to get past your own biases.
0: Right. And... We're all biased, yeah. So we might as well show as many biases as possible, so we can maybe approach something closer to the truth. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I like I like
2: that. Show as many biases as, as possible. That is a very good way to look at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a well known phenomenon in science that we all bring our personal biases to the table. So acknowledging that, I mean, I. I just, it's hard not to laugh at people when they're like, I'm not biased. I try to be as open-minded as possible. I'm like, I appreciate that you're being open-minded, but you need to also acknowledge your bias. And that's not a bad thing. When I tell somebody they're biased, I'm not attacking them. I'm just trying to get them to be aware of how they're seeing something isn't necessarily the only way to see it.
0: Right. Well, And I think in order to do really good archaeology, really good anything to be honest, you have to be aware of your own biases and take them into consideration um, because otherwise you run the risk of, of thinking that your opinion is fact.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's why a show like this is important because we're, we're bringing our personal perspectives we're bringing our personal biases to the table and yeah we're going to talk about everyday archeology span sometimes. Not every episode, but sometimes we're gonna talk about everyday archeology. span And because of that, and because of our unique way of seeing things, because everybody has one, we're all unique, because of that, you're going to get a different take on something that you probably have already made your an opinion on. And if you're able to accept other people's opinions and other people's ways of looking at things, you're gonna learn something, and you're gonna have an experience. And part of that experience is getting away from the default.
0: Yeah, and it is good to remember, important to remember, and I feel like I keep using the phrase important to remember, so I apologize for that. But just like what we kind of have as cultural defects, um, as cultural norms, those are not necessarily the same cultural default faults that existed 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago. So it is false misleading and, dare I say, bad science or bad analysis to presuppose that what our cultural default is today is the same cultural default that exists anywhere else in the world today or at any other given point in time in the past.
1: Right. Uh, One of my favorite quotes from my professors when I was back in college, way back in the day is, history is a foreign country. They do things differently there. (laughs) That is a great quote. You can't judge people of the past by today's standards because maybe they had the same standards, but probably they didn't.
2: Yeah. The other thing
1: that I feel like we should address here is the preconceived notion. I mean, I know we've talked about the kind of the feminist bend of simply having a a, an all women panel what we as a podcast are also going to have to come up against is people's preconceived notions of what a show that has a title such as women in archaeology or women and archaeology what that show should be like i feel like the podcasting world or the media world has really done itself a disservice by having so many shows that have the word women in it that are by default a women's issues hard on the issues shows or media of some sort and i think that's a disservice because now that we're getting to a point in society where we can say you know being female is pretty much the same thing as being male we can say that but we can't have a show that says women without people assuming that we're going to be talking about just feminist issues and women's issues exclusively And I think having a show where we're going to talk about things that are not necessarily women's issues is great because it's going to challenge that preconceived notion and hopefully get people to rethink the idea of having the word women in a title.
0: That's a really good point. And I think... You kind of know, when you're starting out, that there's a good reason and it's very important to have places, uh, safe spaces where women can discuss issues that affect them solely and that it was important for the creation of, of those shows in those spaces, but that we've now moved beyond that and we need to keep broadening the perspective um, because as much as we talk about women's perspectives and male perspectives, et cetera, they're all human perspectives. Right. And should be viewed more as such than as these silos of perspectives that never overlap, because there's plenty of overlap. You know, I have plenty of male colleagues that I talk to and we feel similarly about different artifacts that we've found or believe in some cultural theory and not others. You know, so it's not like we're this strange peoples with our completely new and different thoughts there's a lot of overlap, and it's important to highlight that. Right, understanding that,
1: it's, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, I want to push the point that women and men function the same, but at the same time, there are minute differences that need to be highlighted, and they're not necessarily things that you can sit down and be like, well, women do A well, not all women do A, and how did I find out that women do A anyway? Sometimes these little subtle differences can only come out when you're discussing a broader topic or a more general topic. It's one thing to say, we're going to have a podcast about conferences, and we're specifically going to talk about sexual harassment at conferences. That's pretty much a women's issue. Men do get harassed, but not nearly as much as women get harassed. And so, yeah, that would be a woman's issue. But I can also say we're going to talk about conferences and just have three women, three to four women talking about what it's like to go to a conference and you're going to say things that guys are not going to think about. Things like, oh, I had to decide what pair of shoes to wear because I was going to be on my feet all day. That kind of stuff or little things like I was nervous so I didn't eat X or, you know, I just happened to start my period that day, and that led to a whole other set of issues. And everyone, all of the women are going to be like, "Okay, I get that." The guys, these are not issues they deal with, and they're not things that you would have thought about going into that topic,
2: right? And it's important for for men as well as women to to notice those things, you know, as the podcast unfolds and as. A, the series of podcasts unfolds is to not just look for it specifically but you know keep your ears open and acknowledge those when they happen and I think both genders will find like um women may say oh I thought I was the only one that thought that and men may say I had no idea women thought that some for guy I
0: might say that. it's really important I'm really glad to know that women worry about their shoes too because I have this pair of really <laughs> nice dress shoes but they're not terribly comfortable And what if I want to wear better shoes if I'm going to be standing on my feet all day? There you go. Shoes are always a
1: topic we can join on. Right. (laughs) But it's like, for an example, like the whole concept of, and I know this is going to seem off topic, but the whole concept of women typically go to the bathroom in a horde. herd animals when it comes to the bathroom and it boggles men's minds and it boggled mine for a long time too until I actually sat down and analyzed why we do this because as a woman you just you know it's just kind of you're taught to do it so you just kind of keep doing it but if you really think about why you're doing it
2: I have to say I have heard that stereotype and I have no problem going to the bathroom like walking to the bathroom myself and not in a group I have never waited to go to the bathroom until i could find someone else to go with me
1: i'm not that all women do this um, and <laughs> i myself can go pee by myself i'm, I'm a grown woman <laughs> but I, here's I, the trick have you ever been in a situation like you and a bunch of friends went out to a bar or you guys all went or you're with one other friend and you're in a completely unfamiliar place surrounded by unfamiliar people, are you as comfortable going to the bathroom by yourself in that situation than you would be going to the bathroom at, you know, the pub that you and your friends always go to where you're a known person?
2: Yeah, you know, I have only had one bad experience and it was was in a bar that I think, I don't know, it might have been... I might have had gone in there before. I was in San Diego. Friends band was playing. And so we went to this bar. I was walking back to the table from the bathroom. And, and I don't know who did it. I didn't see them. But it was a full-on crotch grab. Oh, my God. And I was like, I was so stunned. I just didn't even know what to do except get out of there. And that was the only time when that it dawned on me after I sat down and had another sip (laughs) of my drink, that that's probably why women go to the bathroom in groups.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not a conscious thing. Nobody thinks about it. You don't think you're not out with your friends and you're not like, I better take all my buddies with me to the bathroom because somebody (laughs) might try to grab my dits. You don't think about that. All you have is that weird feeling. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, I just had that gut feeling. Or you don't, it's just ingrained. There are some women who will not go to the bathroom without somebody with them. Inside, you want to, like, externally, you want to make fun of that because it's kind of funny if you think about it. But when you really start thinking about the cultural reasons why that particular behavior originated and continues to occur, it's not something you think about. It's not something that men have ever experienced, probably. So it's not something they're going to think about. And it's one of those things That I'm probably not going to sit down and be like, hey, guys, we should totally have a podcast about why you should take your buddies to the bathroom with you, you know, at conferences. (laughs) It's something that might come up if we're all discussing a conference and we're discussing the bars that we all go to after meetings where we all get together and we all start drinking might come up where you're like, yeah, you know, and then I nudged my buddy because I wanted to go pee.
2: I definitely was interested in doing this podcast with the title that it had, because my idea of it was just what we're doing, that we would have a group of women talking about issues in archaeology. Sometimes they would be focused on things that are particular to women, and sometimes they would just be, quote unquote, normal conversations about general topics in archaeology, and that really excited me. I don't know that I'd want to participate all the time in a show that was just about women's issues all the time. I'm definitely glad to be a voice for women in the fields in general.
1: Let's go to break real quick. And when we come back, let's talk about let's talk about what the title of the show means to us individually.
3: Jenny McNiven, host and diva of the struggling archaeologist's guide to getting dirty, brings a witty, personal, and often musical view of archaeology, from personal experiences to just telling you about something she really loves. You'll always be informed and entertained. Listen to the Struggling archaeologist Guide to Getting Dirty on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash struggle arc. Let's get back to the show.
0: And we're back. We are discussing our name, the Women in Archaeology podcast, and what that means to us and the importance of having a entirely women-run podcast that is not just about women's issues. And we have actually had some good discussion on what our name should be, why we like it, what people think of it. And for me, I really like that we've come to Women in Archaeology podcast because we are women and we are archaeologists. And as discussed earlier, the uh, majority of archaeological podcasts and blogs do seem to be primarily uh, run by men for a variety of reasons, which we discussed earlier. So I think it's important to highlight our difference in that we are women in archaeology, but it's also important that we are archaeologists, you know, and we're not just Trying to talk only about women's issues or trying to be uber feminists or anything like that. We are, are trying to create a space that acknowledges our identities both as women and as archaeologists and allows us to be either and both of those things to varying degrees depending on what topic we're talking about. So there will certainly be times where the fact that we are women is going to be very important and central to the conversation. But there are also going to be times that our gender is more peripheral to the conversation that we're having. And that's wonderful, you know, that we can not simply be defined by the gender that we were either born with or choose to be. So that is why I really like the name that we have. And I think, Kirsten, you had a couple... Uh, Sentences right before I went to break that were really good. I don't know if you want to kind of reiterate those.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that just being a voice uh, uh, as a woman who is an archaeologist or an archaeologist that's a woman, just to be a voice out there discussing topics um, and allowing that voice to enter the larger conversation is important because it allows both men and women to see us as both things, as women and as archaeologists and to have these shows talk about the different topics in a way that is general shows all genders that we are sometimes the same and have very similar ideas and sometimes there are particular things that are surprises And I think that is very important to bring out. I also think that doing a show without totally focusing on women's issues and feminist things all the time makes our conversations a little bit more casual. Like they're real conversations that just you could see anybody having. And we're not all drawing out these hyper feminist things and beating them to death and shoving them down people's throats. I think it's a really nice balance, and I hope that people are enjoying listening to our conversations.
1: Yeah, it was really important to me that the title reflect what the show was going to be about. And to me, saying women in archaeology, what it meant to me was we were talking to women who were in archaeology. I had never intended for the show to be anything more than women getting together women who are archaeologists and archaeologists who are women getting together and discussing archaeology and that's why I I like the title because to me if you read a title that says women in archaeology podcast I would translate that as being women who are archaeologists are going to be talking about archaeology and I would be excited by that I'm also a woman so
2: yeah I just I just hope that people do give the podcast a chance and not just Write it off because they don't want to hear what they think, maybe women ranting about this or that. And just that it gets out there that it is, you know, normal conversations about issues in archaeology.
0: Well, and I think that there may be some people who are expecting to, to see more of a feminist bent. But I know, Sarah, when we checked the numbers after our, our first podcast went out, they were, you know, really impressive for the fact that it was our first show. Um, we did,
1: yeah, we did really well the first week. I, I will not, I can't say anything beyond the first week because I haven't I checked them. But yeah, we we did a whole lot better than I thought we were going to do the first week, and that to me says that there are plenty of people out there who are wanting to listen to a show like this.
0: Right, wanting to to listen to a show like this, interested, recognize the need for it, or you know the fact that it is a little bit unique among archaeological podcasts. It's a really great venue of feedback. You know, we, we would love to hear from you if- Well, and I think it's important that people understand that just because we're
1: all women, we're not going- I mean, I don't think we've had any major disagreements on the show yet, but I'm sure there will be one somewhere. And there's no, we're not obligated to agree with each other. Being female doesn't mean you have to agree with everything somebody's saying. It's part of, it's part of academia to argue intelligently and you would expect to see that among men. There's no reason why you shouldn't expect to see that among women as well. Right. We're not trying to, not trying to treat this show as anything other than what it is and we're not trying to treat it differently. We're not trying to gender the show just because the show is gendered because of the hosts.
0: For sure. This is primarily an archaeological show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we just happen to be a bunch of women. <laughs> I do want to reiterate that you know this is a safe space for people to have different opinions, or for anyone who wants to, you know, come come join us. We'd be happy to talk to you. Um,
1: yeah, it's supposed to be a two way street. I mean, we have we have an email for a reason. There is a. There is a Facebook page for the Women in Archaeology podcast. Yeah, I think it's just a group, the Women in Archaeology group. Mm-hmm. And the reason those spaces exist is so that people can get together and discuss things. I mean, there will be episodes where we will be discussing some really rough topics like sexual harassment and what to do when the worst happens out in the field and how to handle handsy people. Those are tough topics to discuss actually and they almost always create some kind of backlash because you're always hurting someone else you're always rubbing somebody wrong mm-hmm. you know and but we're going to talk about that but we're also going to talk about arpa and we're going to talk about conferences in general and you know career right. well, play in your life as an archaeologist <laughs> You
0: know? right they're important things well, and as much as we want to do a show that we want to do and talk about topics that we want to talk about, we do also want to talk about topics that other people are interested in.
1: Yeah, and if you've got well, topics you want us to discuss, feel free to share those with us too.
0: Definitely. I think that's kind of the last point that I wanted to hit on. Kristen,
1: you got any final thoughts for the what you want out of the show and what you were expecting about the show?
2: Um, yeah, I guess I am so far very pleased with how this show has been going, and it's pretty close to what I expected it to be. And I am very happy to be here.
0: Well, we're happy to
1: have you too. I appreciate the enthusiasm of everybody who stepped forward to be on the show because that told me that there were a lot of women who really wanted not only to have a show like this out there but who also wanted to participate on that show. And that means a lot too. The fact that there are so many female archaeologists who want to be on a show like and eventually we're going to start bringing in special guests we've already got a couple scheduled Uh, we'll be doing interviews with said guests uh, in the future so it's not always going to be a panel discussion like this but it's always going to be something oriented around the, the purpose of the show, which is to give a space to women who are archaeologists to discuss archaeology.
0: So I think that's a, a really great summation, Sarah. And I'm certainly looking forward to continuing, you know, this experience with all of you.
1: <laughs> but, and you know, if the program changes later on, then it changes. It's It's podcasting is an organic experience. I've learned that with the two other podcasts i've been on the one that i'm still on you know things change formats change we may play around with the format of the show a little bit in the future we may not we may stick with this the major point is is that we're we're creating a space on the internet that we can you know discuss things as women and through the lens of archaeology And we're going to discuss research. We're going to discuss projects that people are working on. We're going to discuss firms that people have worked for. We're going to discuss, I don't know, dissertations. I swear I'm going to drag Rebecca on here and make her discuss her dissertation. We're going to talk about these things. I really want people to understand that even though we're women, our perspectives are not going to be constantly, you're not ever going to hear us just keep saying, As a woman, I think, because I don't think as a woman, I think as me, and everything that I think just happens to be colored through the lens of my gender, which is pretty much unavoidable because that's how society raised me to do it.
0: But it's also colored by where you grew up and the school system that you were in and your family. And, you know, we are not all simply our genders. We are a result of a hodgepodge of of different experiences, some of which have to do with our gender and some of which don't. That's true.
1: My gender doesn't color every, I mean, everything I do is not because of my gender. I would like to see, I would like to see the show kind of challenge the whole sex and gender concept in archaeology at some point. Um, Not necessarily as a topic, but just as the show goes. I think there's going to be a lot of fun things that are going to come up with this show as it goes, just by the novelty of the show existing. Which is the other reason why we can't constantly have a show that's just about women's issues, because eventually you're just going to run out of issues to talk
0: about. Right. You're just going to keep hammering the same nail, (laughs) and at some point there's no more nail to hammer. Exactly. Now you're just denting the wood, and that
1: just gets boring. We could have a show. We could do a series where it's just women's issues. I would imagine that show would last for maybe a year because at some point we will have covered all of the major issues and we would just be nitpicking. And I don't want people to tune into this show and be like, ah, it's just a bunch of man-hating women sitting around talking about how bad archaeology is. It's like, no. Because we're all here because we love archaeology. You guys do archaeology because you like it, because you love it, because for some reason that's what we pick to do (laughs) with our lives. We don't do it because we hate it. We sure as hell don't do it for the money, so. (laughs) Thank you, ladies, very much for being on the show with me. Yeah,
2: thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, always great.
1: We hope you have enjoyed the show. Please be sure to subscribe and rate our show wherever you listen. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and probably whatever your favorite podcasting app is. Remember to like and share. If you have questions or comments, you can post them in the comments section for the show at the Women in Archaeology page on the Archaeology Podcasting Network site. Or email them to us at Podcast at gmail.com. This show is part of the Archaeology Podcasting Network and is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle. You can reach them at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Music for this show was Retro Future by Kevin McCloud, available at Incomptep and royalty-free music. Thanks for listening. This show is produced by Chris Webster
3: and Tristan Boyle.
2: This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www archeology Contact us at Chris at archeology